All right, let's go into your next patient. She's a 62-year-old woman who had never had a previous mammogram, but came to an emergency room with atypical GI and chest pain and an abdominal chest CT revealed bilateral breast masses. Subsequently, They didn't happen to feel them ahead of time, did they? Actually, the record of the physical examination is not available to me at this this point. (laughs) But in fact, she did have bilateral, poorly differentiated breast cancer with a 10-centimeter lesion in her right breast and 15 centimeters in her left breast, palpable axillary lymph nodes, And further staging did show bone metastases, but no visceral metastases. Now, do you think this woman was aware of these lesions? She actually denies being aware of them. And to tell you the truth, even when I examined her, she had had a long history of heavy, fibrocystic, dense breasts. These were not discrete nodules, discrete nodes that I could necessarily put a ruler on. But there was a sense of diffuse fullness bilaterally. There was no evidence of cutaneous involvement or podorange, although probably a little bit of retraction at one breast. But she clearly had not noticed or refused to notice that there was any difference. Amazing. And she was working, or what was her family situation? She actually works in the medical field. She is a discharge planner and a utilization review officer for another hospital. And what about her family situation? She was widowed. She has no children. She is actually living with a significant other whom I've never met, but whom she states is highly supportive to her. So you're going to tell me this is lobular cancer? I am going to tell you that it is actually infiltrating ductal on Hmm. both sides, although on the left breast, there were definitely focal lobular features. There was a lot of DCIS. Both tumors were ERPR positive, and HER2 was 2 plus by IHC, but negative by FISH. Hmm. So how was she treated? Well, I first of all told her that she probably didn't need to have the bilateral mastectomy and reconstruction, which was being scheduled four days hence. And I had actually thought about treating her with chemotherapy, even though with her ER positivity, clearly hormonal therapy was an appropriate way to go. But because of her young age and actually quite extensive disease, I leaned toward systemic chemotherapy. Starting that, however, was problematic in that she had low blood counts, and this prompted a bone marrow, which showed a bone marrow completely replaced with breast cancer. Wow. What was her CBC? She was mildly anemic with a hemoglobin of about 11 grams. Her white count was about 2.5 thousand. Her platelet count was actually never too low. So she presents with disease that was making you a little bit nervous about just using hormone therapy alone. That is correct. And so what happened? So I started her actually on weekly docetaxel, which she received for a total of approximately 12 cycles throughout 2008. She then actually had normalized her blood counts. Her breast lesions markedly decreased. Her bone lesions became actually much improved. She had one adverse reaction to her first taxotere in that she developed a pleural effusion, which was conservatively treated and never recurred. 
But just to clarify, she just got docetaxel, no hormone therapy? She got docetaxel initially, and she actually started with docetaxel and letrozole together. After 12 to 15 weekly treatments of docetaxel, her bone scan showed much less intensity. There were no new lesions. There was no visceral disease. Her nodal disease had resolved. Her breast masses had markedly decreased, and in fact, now her breast exam is nearly normal. Interestingly, she did have a mammogram just sort of as a follow-up to what was going on with her treatment, and the large masses in both breasts had nearly totally resolved, leaving her with breasts that had diffuse microcalcifications consistent with residual high-grade DCIS, but no mammographic or radiologic evidence of continued breast cancer. So the docetaxel was stopped approximately a year ago, and the patient has been maintained on letrozole only. How is she doing right now? How did she seem to be today, Kathy? Well, she's out hiking the Appalachian Trail, so she's symptomatically... At this point, I would say she has no symptoms of her metastatic disease at all. This is probably, of all the ladies we saw today, the one that I would have done things a bit differently at the beginning. I know. As I was listening to this case, I'm like, you know, I don't think Kathy Miller would do that. But yeah. yeah. And whatever I, you did worked, That was the first thing that Kathy said. That was the first thing Kathy said to me. Although yeah. the good part is, you know, it already worked. But. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, so the disclaimer is it's already been done. She's responded beautifully. She has minimal toxicity. She continued to work throughout her chemotherapy, and now she's on hormone therapy and continuing bisphosphonate and out hiking the Appalachian Trail. So she is a success story in every regard. So I was going to say that hormone therapy is good stuff. Well, and that's actually what I would have done from the beginning. Yeah, I knew that. In fairness, she got both at the same time. So there's not really a good way for any of us to know, did she really respond to the combination? What role in this response did either component have? Mm-hmm. At this point, she's doing well, and I wouldn't change a thing about how she's doing right now. It's been pretty typical for people to talk about when you have this kind of situation only using chemo or hormones so you can say which one is working. Is it your practice, Pat, in general to combine the two, or was there something about this case that got you to do that? I think that if this lady had been more functionally impaired, had she been older, I would have definitely gone with hormonal therapy initially. And to tell you the truth, this too is a little bit of a deviation from what my usual practice would be. And I think that it was based in large part on a gut feeling that this particular patient I felt needed more. With the volume of disease, the bulk of disease, her otherwise very healthy status, and lack of comorbidities. You know, again, it was more of an emotional reaction, perhaps on the physician's part, than a rational one, but I felt that she needed a little bit more. So to be fair, Neil, I didn't see her at the time, and there really is no substitute and no way you can go back and recapture the impression Mm -hmm. of how someone is without seeing them. She certainly had bulky disease. I'm not sure, though, that we know the tempo of her disease. Right. This is a lady who had never had mammographic screening. She'd had regular medical care. It would be interesting to see if in mm-hmm. her primary care physician's record were there previous CBCs over the year or two before then, because mm-hmm. I suspect she has more indolent disease and has been working on this for a long time and had minimal blood count abnormalities that, while technically not normal, mm-hmm. were not so abnormal to have really 
triggered any response or recognition and that she might have been perking on with this for quite some time. But there simply is no way to know. And my intuition would have been to treat her with hormone therapy. She's got disease that's easy to follow by physical exam and simply doing a CBC to see how she's responding. But she's done incredibly well. She had no major acute side effects of the chemotherapy. She's had no apparent long-term toxicities or ongoing neuropathy from it. And she's pleased a punch as to how well things have gone for her. We had discussed a little bit about what the diagnosis of breast cancer meant for her social life and her life in her work. And this actually came up, and we probably don't have time to go into detail about this, but this came up with two patients today in whom it was kind of new to me to hear their concerns that in their workplace, they became the cancer girl. And both this lady and another patient whom we saw today that we'll talk about later had significant emotional repercussions Mm. from having that particular label and feeling that they were living with that. That was really quite surprising to me. What kind of work does she do? She works in the healthcare field. She's worked for a hospital for many years as a utilization Mm -hmm. reviewer and a discharge planner. So she has gone to great pains, actually, so that overwhelmingly the people she works with on a day-to-day basis do not know her diagnosis and have really never known her diagnosis. While she works in a hospital with an HMO system, she lives in an area where, based on distance, she has the ability to get her care in another system, Mm -hmm. has chosen to do so specifically to have that separation between her professional life and her breast cancer, which she views as part of her personal life, so that she can decide when and with whom to share that information. Did she verbalize any specific concerns that made her want to keep this low-key? I think she was concerned that everyone would be constantly asking her how she's doing, trying to alter her work schedules, in some way viewing her as less capable and less competent. And it was very clear that this is a woman who takes great pride in the work that she does. She's very much an overachiever. She's worked extra shifts on a regular basis. She wanted to be able to continue doing that. And I got the sense that what she does is a very big part of who she sees herself. So that if her breast cancer impacted her performance at work, that would have a big impact on how she sees herself and the value that she sees her life as having. She made some modifications to continue that lifestyle as well, because although my clinic does not meet on a daily basis, she would choose to come for her doctor's visit and then receive her chemotherapy in the very latest open slot that we had in the office on a Friday afternoon so that she could have that weekend and be able to come back fresh to work on Monday. So the only modification she made in her lifestyle was not taking some extra shifts for a few months. Kathy, you and your colleague, George Sled, that we've worked with together for so long, have talked about at the initial diagnosis of metastatic disease, trying to establish the goals of therapy. What was your sense in terms of this woman, in terms of how that's playing out? So I think she actually understands her situation and her prognosis and the uncertainties very well. Her goal, I think, is very clear. She wants to be able to continue to work. She wants to be able to continue her life and travels as she wants to with as little impact from her breast cancer as possible for as long as possible. 